Hi everybody, welcome to Basic Snitches. Today we have a special guest and it's Barney the Dinosaur. Say hi Barney. This is rude, I'm not Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> so what brings you here today, you big purple bitch? During this past week, when we were recording with Podcast in Death, one of the other hosts, AJ, her daughter Caitlin was on the call with us and she was wearing this really big looking sweatshirt. And I was like, that looks really comfortable. Also, it was colder in California than it was here on that day. So I couldn't even judge her much for it. And she was like, oh, this is a comfy. And I was like, a what? And so I immediately bought one because it looked really cozy. So it's comfy right there. It is the, very purple. The comfy. So it's purple. I was torn between the purple one and the burgundy one. And the purple I liked better because it was dark. But now it's not nearly as dark as it was in the picture. But that's okay. I still like it. I also was maybe thinking about the navy one. Again, I thought it was darker purple. But I'll take it. And it's cozy. And I took a nap yesterday with this thing. And... It's a win. Comfy, sponsor us. That literally was like a free fucking commercial. It totally sold it. Like at this point, like really, sponsor us. <laughs> a few episodes ago, I talked about how I really would love if we could join a podcast network. I reached out to a couple, but nothing really came of them. So. It's all right. If you know a podcast network, I would like to recommend one for us to join. Please let us know. And I will try to reach out to them. <laughs> we want to make some coin, baby. Especially since the world is going to start opening back up. And we need to, you know, have plans. Right. I need to be able to afford my very lavish lifestyle. That's right. <laughs> we have caviar to eat. We have champagne <laughs> to drink. We have diamonds to mine. <laughs> and I'm sick of doing all of that on Stardew Valley. <laughs> Sponsor us, Stardew Valley. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Sponsor us, Stardew Valley. You're an independent game, too. <laughs> We can sponsor each other. Yeah, so the basic snitches. Today is... we are discussing chapter 27. 27. Padfoot Returns. Padfoot Returns. Before we do that. Winner and loser of chapter 26 should be real. Okay, wait, what happened last time? Oh, that was the... Second task. It was the two hour episode that I somehow got down to an hour and ten minutes with Roxana. The second task. That was the second task. That freaking two hour. The third task better not be three hours. Challenge that's up. That's up to us, I guess. But <laughs> I think we'll have at least one guest for that episode too. Chapter 26. I had a real hard time choosing a loser. I feel like... The winner's Harry, right? The winner is Harry. Yeah. We'll come back to that. But I had a lot of time choosing the loser just because I was like, I don't really feel like anyone lost. But then I decided that I'm going to give a dual win and a dual loss. Oh, okay. The dual loss is Hermione and Ron for being sass monsters to Harry about being I a hero. I kind of felt that. He's being super sweet. He deserves a win, but he also is a dual win with... Dobby? Yep. Dad, did that, I knew it. I knew it. You know, that actually really makes sense when you think of, like, the losses for the chapter. I think it's your job as someone's best friend sometimes to call them out on their bullshit. And Hermione and Ron can be counted on to do that with Harry sometimes. I just think they were wrong about this being bullshit for him. You know, they weren't in that situation. So they were doing what yeah. they probably thought was best and being like, Harry, uh... Nothing was going to happen to us. It's fine. Yeah. There's wrong. So they get a loss. I suppose I could have seen reasoning for giving Fleur the loss because she didn't complete the task. But usually we do it based on character, based on their moral fiber. Well, I mean, and that's what we had that huge discussion about in the last episode was Fleur also took it very seriously. Like Harry. She did. And I feel like she got a little bit of a redemption since she hasn't been treated very well in this book by the author up to this point. Yeah. Fleur so. is awesome. Speaking of awesome, Tara wrote me a lovely little thing. Chapter 27. So here we go. 
Chapter 27, Tadfoot returns. After the second task, things seem to be about normal. Ron takes advantage of an opportunity to be the center of attention. Slytherins are rude to Hermione. Snape is an asshole, and Harry drops on a private conversation. So yeah, pretty normal. It's now time for a Hogsmeade visit, and this time they take food to the end of the road and meet up with Sirius, um, I mean Snuffles. After Sirius, I mean Snuffles, have eaten, he tells the trio the story of how Barty Crouch gave up his son to the Dementors because he was a Death Eater. We get a pretty in-depth background story that clearly indicates that Barty Crouch Jr. is dead. Hmm. Sirius Snuffles, whatever the fuck his name is, also drops some deets on Bertha Jorkins. Name some Death Eaters who are probably going to be mentioned again later and does this godfatherly thing and tells the kids not to sneak out to visit him. The end. That's it. That's literally that's, what that's happens in the chapter. It. That's pretty much it. There's a lot of sleuthing and stuff. I know you hate it when I call this a mystery, but it does feel like it did a couple chapters ago where Harry drops his egg. A lot of suspects and stuff come up during this whole history. They thing. definitely are going for our BFF here, Bagman. All of the discussion of what happened at the World Cup. I feel like Bagman hasn't done suspicious things for a minute, so they have to bring him back up. I still am at this point where I don't really remember everything there is about Bagman and his prime suspiciousness. Essentially, we start this chapter off with Ron making up stories about the events down in the water. Yep, sounds like Ron. Trying to get attention. Like you said, things are sort of back to normal. People are now teasing Hermione about the crumb thing. Yes. So, like, my question is, do people not want to be with crumb or do people want to be with crumb? Because now it's something that you can make fun of somebody for. People are assholes. Which one is it? Pick a side, motherfuckers. Yeah. And they I know fucking pug bitches in the center of that. Also, I love, she works so hard to take it all with a grain of salt, too. She's Hermione, yeah. so badass through it. Yeah. And actually, that is what happens here, isn't it? Rita reads this article. It's in, like, what, Witches Weekly or something yeah. like that? So now Rita's a freelancer. Like Rita does whatever the fuck she does. Who does she work for? Does she, she work for multiple publications? Apparently. Are all of these publications under, you know, the same business unit? And she just writes for all of them? Her article is trash. She's going so low to high school gossip. Who cares? She's literally attacking children. Yeah. Who wants to read about that? Up to this point, and like, at the time that we're recording, we're publishing some of the episodes where I talked about, oh, Rita seems very fabulous and stuff. Oh, she's doing her best. Really, from her perspective, it's nothing really bad. It has become a 180 with Rita. Who wants to read about high school gossip like this? Pansy Parkinson being like, she's really ugly. You're going to publish that? Oh, you're going to pub. Not only are you going to publish that, but... Beyond the crumb thing, the other thing is that in her very first article, where she mentioned Hermione being a love interest to Harry, she said, a very pretty girl. So yeah. which one is it? Again, choose one or the other. Like, if I'm reading this as somebody who is not in the world and seeing the discrepancy here, there's gotta be people in your world that is like, wait a minute. This doesn't match up. Like, I feel like she would lose credibility over this. Well, and it's also just, again, you published a quote from a student calling another student ugly. That's gross. Yeah. There's no this story isn't, This isn't whatsoever. a school newspaper that Pansy Th Parkinson that's is exactly the editor it. on. That's exactly it. It's high school gossip that she is about so low to. So there's like no standard, I feel like. It's just people being assholes for the sake of being assholes, which I guess is sort of realistic when you think about it. Sort of this chapter, because... Yeah, like, is Hermione pretty or is she ugly? Does Do people not want Crumb's attention? Are people going to stalk him in the library and drool over him? Or are people going to make fun of the girl who he likes? 
what is it? What's the problem here? But yeah, like you said, Hermione's reaction is really, really amazing. And she kind of like just brushes it off as like, eh, it's not really anything huge. Yeah. This is when Snape, of course, takes the opportunity to come up and be like, oh, something's going on. Let me move you guys apart. You should have done that three years ago. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. <laughs> You're doing this at this point to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. If you were concerned about actual academic things like your students improving and how hard they work based on who they're around. You um, are a shitty teacher that you're waiting until fourth year to do it and you're waiting until you get a class disruption right before Easter. Like, you are clearly being an asshole. He hasn't done this yet, I think, because it's an opportunity for them to fuck things around and for him to take more points away from Gryffindor. That's annoying enough that he separates them, even though I'm like, well, he probably should have separated them forever ago. His continued pressuring and pushing at Harry in that moment, stop it. Like he's egging him on. And Harry's like, not falling for it, not falling for it. Good for Harry. His line, all this press attention, seems to have inflated your already over large head, Potter. And he's like saying it so that Harry will only listen yeah. to it. He's just getting like the personal enjoyment out of bullying him. It's so weird because the adults in this situation, Rita are and Snape, shitty. are the ones who are acting childish. And the way that Harry and Hermione are reacting is really how they should react. A few episodes ago, I talked about like a school counselor. Like this is one of the reasons why. Because right. there are so many people in this world who do not take mental health into consideration. I know Snape is clearly in a bad mood. Like, he's in a shit mood anyway. Also, the adults are in a shit mood in this book. But Snape is mad because the gillyweed went missing and he obviously suspected them stealing the ingredients boom, from Colleges Potion yeah. years ago, which that had not also not been Harry, that had been Hermione. And Harry was out of bed that night that his office had been searched. So he has reasons to be suspicious, but also you're the adult in the situation. Sit him down and say, this is what happened. Was this you or not? Take him to Dumbledore. No, you threaten him with a truth potion? Or like, what's the protocol here? Honestly, he should be going to McGonagall. Yeah. Because I was going to say like to Dumbledore, but in some schools... McGonagall is Harry's head of house. Head of house, but she's also the deputy headmistress. So she is kind of like the vice principal. And sometimes the vice principal is who handles corrective action too. Also, just give him detention. Whether he did it or not, because clearly you're willing to give him detention for no fucking reason anyway. You know how I feel about Snape. Yeah, I know. I know. I was also going to say something along the lines of when he mentions the Varus serum, this being the opportunity for him to just be like, then do it. But then he does bring up like serious, like that would be a bad thing to reveal. Probably some other things about like how he feels about show because everybody in this fucking school can't decide if it's okay to have emotions or not about other people. That's a relatable thing. Yeah, I think serious is the main thing. But, but then also, again, Harry's a human being who's like, that would not be cool to just have to just yeah. say everything. This kid's been through some shit on top of the fact that he's also a person yeah. who goes through normal shit. Well, it's funny because I feel like Varus Serum is a loophole very similar to like the Time Turner. Because there are times in the next book when Pink Bitch is constantly like, oh, Voldemort isn't back, blah, 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 blah. Just give Harry Varus a serum at that point and then he can tell everything. And as far as Sirius is concerned, like if Harry starts talking about it, if it's Varus serum, Harry will tell the truth about the entire situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if he says it just in front of Snape, like Snape obviously is gonna use that information poorly. Mm-hmm. But like, let's say that he does it right there in class and then everybody in the 
class all of a sudden hears it, regardless of if Malfoy and Pugbitch and all those assholes are there, there are going to be a lot of other witnesses to this who yeah. can then, like, vouch for it. I mean, yeah, he's a human and stuff, and, like, obviously that is huge disrespect to a boundary there, but even with the serious thing in consideration, I don't think it would have been actually a really bad thing. Plus, like, you would have gotten the truth. Like, I didn't go in your fucking cabinet. Right. So... I think it's illegal. I think it's illegal too. It's along the lines of imperious. Like you're forcing somebody mm-hmm. to do something. I, I mean, also so. like if love potions are banned, then Veritas Harem should yeah. definitely be illegal. You Absolutely. Know? The one other little thing that I really love here is that while they're talking about like how the fuck did Rita find all this out, they're crushing scarab beetles. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I like that. The next thing I say after that is like, who talks to a student that way and then threatens to roofie them? But also Harry could have threatened Snape with Moody too. But that's not Harry's way and he wouldn't be like that. It isn't. But like, I think in some of these instances where he's under so much pressure, it might be good to sometimes be more resourceful. And I do get a sense that they are pretty resourceful. Like I was reading this set of chapters. I was thinking about like how strategic they are and like the owls that they use and whatnot. In making food out to Sirius. Like they're being very careful, which I think is a nice setup for when things take a dark turn in the next few books. Yeah. So they have that resourcefulness. I also don't know if that would be like the first thing to come to his head. While Moody has helped him, perhaps Harry doesn't completely trust him. I mean, he did give him the map, but it's not like in his character. Yeah, that's not his character. And it probably wouldn't actually do him any good. Mm-hmm. And then our good buddy... Igor? Igor. Our good buddy. favorite guy. Well, Snape likes him. Actually, Snape, Snape, is, Snape, Snape is not, is not pleased to He's see like, him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing in my classroom? Also, why are you interrupting his class? Calm the fuck down. I get it. What an idiot. But, like, it does maybe help Harry out a little bit for there to be a distraction. Oh, well, I will say that while I always shake my head when Harry eavesdrops, they do not make it difficult for him. No. Snape knows he's fucking there. Take Carker off away. Make the fucker leave your classroom. Be like, shut the fuck up. Do some kind of spell. You're a really smart wizard. Or like, go into your private office. Get- like, all these classrooms have their private office, you know. But I mean, that's a theme throughout this entire series is people saying confidential shit around people who should not be hearing it. Yes. I'm not going to like shrug it off as be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's like, cool, go ahead and do it, you asshole, after treating this child like shit and then threatening to roofie him. Something else that I thought about here. I mean, we've had conversations and debates about this. I think back to like whenever an underage child uses magic. If he were to use Verisium, especially like in that moment, or even he said over your pumpkin juice. So if he slipped it into his pumpkin juice at like the Great Hall and he all of a sudden started doing this. I feel like there is no way the ministry would not know about that, especially because mm-hmm. he's one of the four champions. Sirius is uh, serious. Whoa. Sorry, Sirius. Snape. <laughs> Snape <laughs> would not have gotten away with it, I don't think. I mean, I think a lot of what Snape says is empty threats anyway. Yeah. It doesn't change the, you know, his intent. There's intent there, yeah. So then they get the letter from the owl. It basically says, bring as much food as you can. He's like, bitch, I'm starving. What I wrote down, and then they obviously do this later. They're like, they could just have asked Dobby, bring me food. Or why don't they, like, take one of those, like, magical plates that they had at the Yule Ball (laughs) and just be like, here you go. Ask the plate what you want. You're done. Right? Maybe it only works inside the castle. Maybe, but wouldn't that be cool if it worked anywhere? I need one here right now. What? I need one right now. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if I would ask for anything particular at yeah. this moment. No, I wouldn't, but I would have it. <laughs> yes. And then later on today, I'd be like, plate, give me this snack. Thank you. <laughs> what snack would you ask? I don't know. There's so many options. I can't handle it. Yeah, I mean, with, with a plate like that. But I, mean, I, like, would, I would ask for tiramisu all the fucking time. <laughs> really? Is that your last name? Misu? Tiramisu? I feel like even like when you're traveling, like rather than like packing snacks or let's say you're going camping or something, right. you don't need to pack anything. No. Just pack those anything. dishes. I think that's a great plan. Make that happen, Wizarding World. Real world, you mean? Real world, make it happen. Yeah. I want magic plates to give me food. I need that. And apparently so does Sirius. So they take the journey to Hogsmeade. I really like the description of when they get to the end of the road. It becomes very, like, country and, like, mm-hmm. there's all these little cottages out there. And, like, I can imagine being a witch in one of these cottages that is a little bit more secluded and you're in the wilderness and everything and it being just, like, cozy. If I lived in Hogsmeade, that's what I would want. Something just a little bit outside the town. Mm-hmm. And I could totally go into the town very easily. Yeah. But I'm not in the middle of all the shit. All the touristy bullshit. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is one of two wizard-only dwellings in the world or something, you know? Absolutely. I would be totally I feel like that would be ideal. I think of, like, other places where people live that are kind of more folded into society. Like, Grimmauld Place obviously comes Mm -hmm. up. I think of Slughorn's house. I think of Mrs. Fig. It's not really his house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, folded into, even in that instance, like, it was magical. Mm Mm-hmm. The Weasleys, I feel like their house is set up to not be around everything. Yeah. The Weasleys' house is a good example of, like, I would want to live sort of in a secluded area. Or, you know, like, I imagine getting older, like, you'd be more and more sick of, like, having to, like, be sneaky to get back home or, like, perform Mm -hmm. your magic around where, like, muggles could see it. So then it's like, I give up. I'm moving out of Grimmauld Place. I'm going into the wilderness. Going into the wilderness. And you find a really good little hut that's in Hogsmeade that you're like, oh, this would be perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. I can do my own shit here. It's away from everybody. And when I want to get lit, I just go down the road to the three broomsticks. Not the hogshead? Or whatever. I would definitely go to the three broomsticks over the hogshead. Those are both in Hogsmeade, right? Wait, why? Why would you choose that one over the other? Because the hogshead is dirty. Yeah, but sometimes you just want to have a drink in an oaky, smoky, nasty ass. <laughs> I suppose <one>. you're right. <laughs> we go to locker room all the time instead of going to canteen. That's true. Both those restaurants sponsor us. Because <laughs> let me tell you, we spent money on both of you. So yeah, I just love it. I love the like to see that little element of Hogsmeade that we don't at all get in the movies and the kind of like the more simple little dwellings out there. Then they come across the big black dog. He's like, follow me into the mountains. They go on a 30-minute hike. I would almost be, like, nervous. Like, oh, my God, what if they go back up to the castle without us? Or what if someone is like, where the fuck are they? Right. You know? How well are the chaperones really keeping an eye on everybody? We all know that answer. Everybody's at the three broomsticks of the Hogsmeade getting fucked up. Getting fucked. And then once they're in the mountains, they see Buckbeak and they give Sirius all the chicken. Yes, Buckbeak is there and I'm so pleased. Yeah, it's nice to see Buckbeak again because, again, in the movies, like, at the end of book three, Sirius flies off and he never sees Buckbeak again. Yeah, and I think this is also just a good way for us to remember that that's how Sirius has been getting around. Yeah. Buckbeak's like, I wouldn't do this for just anyone. But for my best, you serious? We pals, serious. We lit, we lit, we tight. He probably turns into a dog and they, like, play stupid i don't know 
play stupid things. games. What? I don't know. Well, do they play chess? They might. Leapfrog? Foursquare? <laughs> I'm go seek? What That's else what do, do people I don't know. play I don't know. Do, recess? I don't know. They talk about... Evil people. Winky. Oh, um, and Winky. But mostly evil people. It really gets in-depth about Crouch. And Sirius brings up a lot of things that make you go, ooh. Yeah. Crouch is... Just his backstory in general about him being the next potential Minister of Magic. Mm -hmm. And how he fought fire with fire. And they really got down to, you know, instead of detaining wizards using unforgivable curses, all of that. And it got a little bit too extreme. So it was almost like you couldn't even tell the difference between, like, the good and the bad guys. In the newspaper, they're talking about the mysterious illness of Artemius Crouch and then the Ministry Witch still missing, blah, blah, blah. And they go into all of this, and Harry says they're making it sound like he's dying, but he can't be that ill if he managed to get up here. Harry does say he did look ill last time I saw him up close. And this is the thing that I go, mm, Hermione, calm the fuck down. And she's like, getting his comeuppance for sacking Winky, isn't he? And I'm like, come on. We don't wish illness on people. And Crouch is not a good guy, but his ultimate storyline is interesting. Yeah. And how it ends is not good. It's not a good look for that Hermione, Hermione says that because Hermione is pushing for some justice. And justice, even on both sides, like you don't want to wish death on Crouch. Yeah. Like if it's that's. A, it's what a you're rough pushing. couple of chapters for Hermione's yeah. self obsession. Yeah. However, bringing the focus back to Winky really gives you a lot of things to think about, I think. Because Sirius wasn't there. He wasn't there, but he knows so much more that it really does bring in a lot of missing Well, and he was at Azkaban with Barty Crouch Jr. Yes. So this is, of course, where we finally, we learn a little bit about Barty Crouch Jr. In the movie, we already know about Barty Crouch Jr. from several different little stupid things that happened in the movie. movie. Basically that Barty Crouch Jr. was revealed to be a Death Eater, so he sent his own child to Azkaban where he died allegedly mm-hmm. and we have no reason to believe otherwise Sirius is, is telling yes. us this yeah exactly I, th- it makes me wonder and I'm sure that they tell us eventually but like what exactly did Sirius see like if he saw the Dementors burying in the plot himself I'm sure you know. Well, yes, I do. We'll get to it we'll in that it. chapter. Because we'll that chapter it. is going to be fucked up. It's going to be a big one. But then, the fact that his wife then died. And so, it was kind of like this fall from grace. And it gives a lot of context then to why and how he reacted at the, uh, the, the British World, World Cup. It's fascinating that we get this backstory in this chapter. And the title of the next chapter is The Madness of Mr. Crouch. Mm-hmm. Because it, I think you said it perfectly when you were like, his fall from grace. I don't think Crouch is a bad guy but he's not really a good guy either he was too obsessive we get more information in a couple chapters on that too we get to see it in the pensive see for me i think that it's really interesting how the conversation circles like they're talking about crouch and hermione keeps bringing up winky or whatever they like throw in bagman oh bagman's more likely to have conjured the dark bar who else is there? What was going on? Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of questioning and... Putting pieces together. The kids, I know. think, haven't thought about this since. But Sirius is like, I want to know more. Right. I just think it's all very fascinating. Yeah, like, Sirius is totally Miss Marple at this moment. Because he's like, wait a minute. Winky was saving a seat for somebody and he never showed up. Where was Crouch to begin with? But also, did you notice that your one was missing there? Like, I feel like Sirius is even revealing something perhaps that he did really talk about like somebody was in that seat yeah well i don't even necessarily think that he believed someone was in that seat 
But the way he's saying it, you can think back after the end and you go, oh my god. Or at the very least, like that, oh, okay, this is a strange thing, but also that's so weird that maybe this is where the one went missing and not even putting it together. Because then the Malfoys come up as somebody. And like you said, Bagman comes up. And I mean, it it was the freaking Prime Minister guy. He stole the wand. He did it. The Bulgarian Prime Minister. Yeah. Who's our favorite. Yes. I'm pretty sure we gave him some points. I mean, he's not a favorite. Polyakov is our favorite. But he's a close favorite. Second. Right. Are we saying he's our second favorite Bulgarian? No, our second favorite person in the series. Oh, just in general. Polyakov, Bulgarian Minister Manager. Got it. Hagrid. Rony Myrtle. Trelawney. <laughs> There's so many like little bits and pieces that are revealed here. This is like one of the first times kind of where we learn a little bit more of the background of the Death Eaters too. More evil people are mentioned, so on and so forth. There's the mention of Igor, I think, again. Mm-hmm. And then they switch to Snape's background after them saying that Crouch was investigating Snape and then Sirius refuting it. And Snape was hanging around all these dark wizards. Yeah, but it's not actually been said yet that Snape that was dark. a Death Eater. Right. You know, oh, and actually, he also says that it's not really confirmed that Barney Crouch Jr. was a Death Eater either, which is interesting because we learn all that oh, because, truth. Like, because Igor had, like, revealed it. Yeah, we don't yeah. know that yet. We don't know that yet. We know it, but the book doesn't tell us that. It's kind of interesting to switch to that because then we sort of get into the other sort of big mystery. So it was who stole the wand, who was in Snape's office, Mm -hmm. being the two big things. So that's when Snape... Spoiler, they're the same person. Oh my God, what a surprise. And then the last thing that I kind of have written down after all of this is like Percy loves Crouch so much despite like the history here. Is Percy just like in love with him to push his own agenda? Despite knowing all of this, or is Percy really that ignorant that he doesn't know about this? I think it's probably him trying to push his own agenda. I think it's more the first. The other thing is, all the things Sirius is saying, I think a lot of it is only stuff that he knows because, not necessarily just because he was an Azkaban, but because he was around other things and other people who would have been talking about this. I think Percy would know... Crouch's tragic history and probably admires him for getting this far, which is fair. Mm -hmm. His son was maybe a Death Eater and that's awful for him because it's not his life. His wife died. He's alone. His elf embarrassed him at the World Cup. Like, I think that Percy probably just sees a very strong person. At the same time, though, I don't know if it's Percy pushing his own agenda. I think that's who he is. He doesn't have access to this information, so he's not going to be considering it. And he's just like, "Mm, I see this guy that I really want to be like. I think the interesting thing about Percy in this chapter is the statement of Ron just being like, I don't know, Percy maybe sell the family out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, what if that is where Percy's trajectory went? Because he does kind of become a bigger dick in the future. Right. He salivates at himself when he looks in the mirror. Cause he's like, <laughs> ooh, an even bigger dick. And I also just appreciate that instinctually, Hermione's like, Percy wouldn't do that because they're kids and they wouldn't want to think that that would be. Yeah, I guess. Which I is guess. which is also interesting that Hermione is the one that says that when she literally just trounced all over Crouch. Yeah. 
And the idea of Percy doing essentially the same thing, clearly not as bad. Yeah, I think that it's almost like a lack of perspective for Hermione, which is weird because we don't see it too often. But being like, oh, but we're all still kids. We know them, but not recognizing that people can change. Which is also really strange because we have seen so many adults change through this entire fucking series already. Quirrell, Lockhart, Sirius, like so many people. But then they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. We'll bring you food. We'll call DoorDash a couple times. Fuck Mary Kill. This was a tricky one. This is actually not a very funny episode because it really is digging more into backstory and stuff like that. So the reason why I said that is because it was also difficult to figure out what to fuck Mary and Kale. I was gonna do like the bread and the chicken and I feel like there was something else that they brought in, but I was like, this isn't about food. This no. chapter is about evil people. So there are three dark wizards that are mentioned and that's who we're gonna fuck Mary and Kale. Igor Karkaroff, Barty Crouch Jr. and Bellatrix. Cause he does mention the little strangers. The strangers. Okay, Karkaroff, Junior, and Bellatrix. Yeah. I'm gonna kill Karkaroff just because he's gross. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fuck Bellatrix, that's probably gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna marry Barty Crouch Jr. because that fucker is smart. Uh, you have the exact same reasons and answers as me. You threw me for a loop with Bellatrix because in a different circumstance, that bitch is out the window first. Yeah. This is the very first time that she's even mentioned. And, and she's not even mentioned, the Lestranges. The Lestranges, yeah. But her family name is mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, Bellatrix, you know, she's wild. Who would pass up that That's opportunity? But... Even Voldemort didn't. <laughs> and Barty Crouch Jr., he's Also, just... he's David Tennant in the movie, he's so... so... Well, in the movie, he isn't portrayed as intelligent. He's I don't think not He's not portrayed as intelligent. He, he's... he's just not nearly as smart as he is in the book. Yeah, I think he's portrayed more like the wacky, conniving villain that's like rubbing his hands together in the corner. Like, I wish they could have just made Barty Crouch Jr. like normal. Like, don't give him a tick. Don't make his eyes bulge out of his head. Like, it's pushing it too hard to be. too much. But I think in the book, there are so many more nuances to the character. Oh, yeah. That I said a couple chapters ago, like, I feel like, similar to Sirius and Lupin, we would hang out with Barty Crouch Jr. and then we'd find out who he was, we'd be like, fuck. So, we're marrying him. Yeah. And yeah, Igor's teeth are nasty, I don't want those teeth around my dick. He's also just terrible. He's an idiot. He comes into Snape's office, not even using his yeah. brain to be like, I'm gonna talk about this right now. Look at my dark mark! And students are feet away, which is fucking stupid. He's clearly unhinged. He That's clearly exactly does not. That's exactly what I was gonna say. He does not really seem to have any kind of connection with his students. So fuck him for that. Except for Crumb. Yeah, I feel like he holds Crumb close. Like he holds Crumb close because that's his bargaining chip. I can be important because this international Quidditch player and champion goes to my school. I have always been calling him like the golden child. He's the one who is like teacher's pet. But bargaining chip, I think, is a better way to put it. And when you said that he is unhinged, I think it has been a gradual enhingement where we start to see like these moments where he lashes out a little bit more and more and more or he becomes less solid yeah. in terms of how he approaches reality and stuff. He's a mess. That one's easy. You ready to talk about the movie? Oh, sure. Twenty points to Sirius, because Sirius is there. And he's figuring shit out. Plus ten to Buckbeak, because he's there. He's not figuring anything out, but it's Buckbeak, so what do you expect? Plus five to Hermione. 
for her reaction to Rita's article. Because she does have that moment that's a little bit more poor where she kind of throws Buddy Crouch under the bus. But things happen in the next chapter that are even worse, I think, in terms of how Hermione handles the situation. Negative 10 to Pansy because now you're getting like even more involved. Usually I'm like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing here? She but sucks. No, she's stepping her bullshit up. And now you're 20 to Rita as well for writing this article, duping to the level of high school gossip, and also just being very inconsistent in her writing. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that some of these people don't like catch on to that. These people being her readers. And then negative 15 to Snape as well for obvious reasons. Threatening to roofie a child. For existing. And that's everything. Very nice. So this is an interesting chapter because it is a lot more backstory and... Interesting backstory, which is why I'm pissed that the movie was like, Burr, I don't need this. Not at you all. Don't need it. No, and Also, we gave you a perfectly great opportunity to give us Sirius as a dog, to mm. give us more, more of Hogsmeade. To give us Buckbeak, who's the best. Mm. This whole chapter could have been really cool in the movie. It would have been nice to have more serious time and for them to talk more about like, oh, who could it have been that put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Beyond what was happened back when he was a firehead. A lot of what they talk about, too, is what happened at the Quidditch World Cup and involving Winky and stuff, and obviously that isn't necessary, but it's still important backstory to learn about, They talk like, about so many things that were cut from the movie to begin with anyway. Ludo Bagman, not in the movie. Ludo Bagman. Winky, um, not in the movie. Yeah, but things like Barty Crouch's backstory, I think, are much more important to include here, because in the movie, like, he's portrayed as someone who is a little bit shifty, but you don't really get any information about him. So, so. when we watched the movie, we failed to watch watch a certain part because I think we're so far back that they do cover part of this in the movie. I'm just remembering. Oh, what was it? The part where Karkaroff and Snape are looking at Karkaroff's dark mark and Harry is like randomly around and that's when he threatens him with the Varric serum. When was I, that? I think that's earlier in the movie. Wow, I don't even remember that. Well, that happened in the movie. Cool. Well, they kept something in there, and lo and behold, yeah, it was so that Snape is a dick. what part I'm talking about. If you watch the movie, eventually we'll... I want to say it was earlier, and we've already kind of watched it. Now that I'm thinking about it, no, it couldn't have been, because it was about Gillyweed, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe it was a cut scene. Maybe it happens in the future. Yeah. I don't know. This movie is a mess. Speaking of messes, next time we're going to read... Nothing, as usual, but we're going to discuss the madness of Mr. Crouch. It's up to you to determine what that mess is. Is it Mr. Crouch or is it us? Or is it both? So many messes. So many messes, so little time. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora. Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.